Well, hey there, Thrive Church. I want to wish all the dads a happy Father's Day. I hope you're having a wonderful day doing your favorite things, eating your favorite food, uh, just being spoiled, taking a break, whatever it is. Uh, just be blessed today. We're so thankful for you and the, the important role that you, you play in your homes, in your families, raising your children and leading them in the ways of the Lord. Uh, as we honor dads today, I want to take a look at scripture about an example of the life of a man in the Old Testament who I think really modeled what it meant to be a godly father, not just to his family and his children, but really to a whole nation. And so we'll talk about him in just a minute. See, the, the role of a father is really critically important in God's design. Their role of raising up children, teaching them the ways of the Lord, and investing in them. It's so critically important. And really, there's that partnership that exists between a mother, a father, and the Lord. And those, those three coming together to invest in and train up children in the ways that the Lord would lead them. And so... We see that the role of a dad encompasses things like provision, take, making sure that, that, that families and children are provided for, encouraging them, teaching them, correcting them, and then, of course, protection is a big part of that. Uh, in fact, check out some of these videos I found. These are uh, dads in, in different situations saving their kids, uh, and they're kind of funny, just YouTube videos, but take a look at these real quick.
with such great moments, those dads stepping in at just the right time, grabbing that kid before they fall, the, the one with the, the backhoe coming down the street, almost crushing and running, running over them, and the dad just moving out. And he's just kind of nonchalant about it. We see this incredible mix in, in these, these views, just a, a funny view of dads uh, not only saving their kids, but did you notice that dads also kind of push the limits? There's kind of this dual role. There's the dad who decided it would be a good idea to not have the little, not only have the little kid in the car rolling down the hill, but to put a kid on top of the car as well. Because, you know, what could go wrong? <laughs> how, how bad could this be? And so there's this tension there. There's this this funny picture of dads pushing the limits, doing crazy things, but also being there in that moment to save their kids, to to really keep them safe. Uh, and I, I think there is. There's a attention for dads in that as we lead in our homes is we want to protect but we also want to stretch and encourage our kids to grow and to to take some risks to step out uh in faith and so parenting and and being a dad has so many of these different facets and uh and and sometimes it's clear which one is needed and sometimes it's not as clear and so we just we just kind of go through life going okay lord lead me in this give me wisdom help me out and so that role of the dad to look for the the dangers the this both the seen and the unseen the expected and the unexpected and just walking with our eyes open i know that when i when i started having kids megan and i had our first child and then our 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 next child my whole view of the world changed i saw uh threats and opportunities and in and dangers in a whole different way things that i would uh, have been okay with when I was single or when it was just Megan and I, but then once we introduced kids, all of a sudden there was this whole level of caution and protection that that welled up inside of me to make sure that my kids were taken care of. And, you know, we have, as fathers, we have this role for a season. Uh, when our kids are born and up until that, that age in their late teens and then in their 20s when they start moving out and making their own decisions, uh, and we don't stop being parents. We don't stop being dads. But there is this that, that moment in time from when they're little, from when they're born, up through the elementary years and high school years, where we have a much more active role in that. And that's part of God's design. And it's such a, an honor to be able to do, to do that. And so you hope that what's been instilled in your kids as they grow up will sustain them, will will support them as they move into life and make decisions for themselves and 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 the role of a parent the role of a dad shifts in those next seasons where you're less there to do everything or to be that protector and you become more of a support uh you know god's word addresses that he speaks to that in proverbs chapter 22 verse 6 this is what proverbs said start off children or start children off in the way that they should go and when they are old they will not turn from it. Start children off the way they should go, and even when they're old, they will not turn from it. This picture of investing in the life of a child as a father, as parents, as a mother, to say, I'm going to pour into your life, I'm going to invest something in your life, the way that you should live, and then that will sustain you. That will be something that's deeply ingrained in you, rooted in you 
throughout your life. It becomes an anchor point. Well, I want to talk about the life of Joshua. Joshua in the Old Testament, who I believe really expressed the heart of the Father. And this message today isn't just for dads. It's for all of us. Because I think we all have an opportunity to share the heart of God, to display the Father heart of God to the people in our lives. And even though we have dads and grandpas who who in this world, in this life, physically function as fathers in their homes, that the heart of God would be that we would all take those characteristics and display them. And so we want to learn a little bit from the life of Joshua today and his heart, not just for his family, but truly for a nation. You see, Joshua is the one who succeeded Moses as the leader of the Israelites. They had come out of Egypt Uh, been delivered through the Red Sea. Moses had been raised up by the Lord to be the one who would take charge, who would take the lead with that that nation. And uh, and at the end of Moses's life, God says, I've picked Joshua, the, this, this, this man of character and this man of faith who will succeed Moses and he will lead Israel. So he wasn't Israel's king. Uh, Saul later on would become Israel's first king. But, but Joshua was just, he was a leader and God was the king. And so in essence, the way I see it is this, is that Joshua was asked by God to take the Israelites under his care to be kind of like their dad, to look out for them, to direct them, to instruct them, to protect them, to hear from the Lord on their behalf and to share with them the things that God would say. And so the Israelites, the nation had been entrusted to his care. And We find here in Joshua 24, I invite you to turn in your Bibles there to Joshua 24, and we're going to look at some passages. This is a passage written at the end of Joshua's life. In fact, in Joshua 25, uh, Joshua 25 starts with uh, Joshua actually passing away, him dying at the end of his life. So Joshua 24 is kind of like this final exclamation point of his life, And, uh, and it In it, Joshua shares some things with the Israelites that I think are a bit of a window into how to be a godly father, how to reflect the heart of God. It's interesting to note here that because Joshua took on this role with a whole nation, it's a reminder that we can be a father to more than just our own biological children. That we can take, take on this role of fathering and, and of reflecting the heart of God, the father heart of God, to the people that God would bring into our lives. In fact, in Psalm 68, the psalmist writes that, that God is a father to the fatherless. That's part of his father heart, is that he would step into those places where children don't have a father. And that he would kind of fill in that gap, that he would, he would uh, provide that direction and instruction and, and care and then he invites us at times. I know even some of you watching today, I know in my own life, there's been opportunities I've had, people that God has brought into my life where I've gotten to be in that father-type role. And maybe you've experienced the same. So whether through birth or through providence, God brings people into our lives and gives us the opportunity to reflect his heart uh, as we see them grow, whether that's physically throughout their life or just spiritually and having that spiritual voice into someone's life. So let's take a look at what Joshua says to the people of Israel. Here in Joshua 24, I'm going to read the first part of verse 2. It says this, Joshua said to all the people, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. And then he goes on to 
share the heart of the Lord. But something really stood out to me in that phrase. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. When it comes to reflecting the Father heart of God, as we, as dads, would want to do this in our own homes or in those other opportunities we have to, to share the heart of God, to reflect his heart, that God would ask us, that he would ask of us, that we would remind those that we're leading, that we would remind them of what God says. Here's what Joshua does. He reminds them of what God says. This is what God says. You know, dads love to give advice. It's one of the things about being a dad is we are givers of advice. But you know, the, the best counsel that we can give ever, all of us, is what the word of the Lord is. What does God say? Say, I have opinions and I have thoughts on all ranges and all kinds of things. And I can speak into different situations out of my own experience and out of my own wisdom. But the best gift that I can give to my children and the best gift that we can really pass on to anyone isn't what we think. It's what God says. What is God say see that's the investment that lasts that's the equipping that lasts for a lifetime see a, a father's job is to point to the father a father's job is to point to the father my job as a dad is to point my children to their heavenly father what does god say we see this example modeled for us in the new testament where we have the apostle paul and timothy and in that relationship, it says that Timothy was like a spiritual son to Paul. That Paul took Timothy under his wing. And even though he was not his biological son, that he became a spiritual father to him and invested in him. And we have the writings of Paul to his son Timothy, to his son in the faith. Uh, we have these writings captured in Scripture in the pages of the New Testament. And this is what Paul says to his son, his spiritual son, Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. He says this, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. All scripture is God-breathed. Paul saying to Timothy, the most important thing in your life is what God says. If you want to be thoroughly equipped to do the work that you're called to do, and to invest in the people and lead the people you're called to lead. Turn to what the word of God. What does God say? And the reminder for us is, as we would lead in our homes, as we would lead in, a, in the church or in the community or wherever that would be, people who would say, hey, would you sp speak into my life? Would you share? Before we would give our own advice, that we would say, here's what God says, and turn that perspective to the world. So he reminds them of what God says. But then Joshua moves on and he also reminds them of what God has done. What has God done? And so Joshua 24 verses 3 through 13, those next verses that follow, and I'm not going to read through all of those. I'll give you a little synopsis of what he says. Joshua gives a little history lesson. And he says, remember, it started with Abraham who was given a promise by God that, uh, that he would become a nation. And so that... That happened. Abraham, uh, just generation after generation, that the people of Israel were established in this world by the direction, by the hand of God. And ultimately, those people would end up in Egypt, and they would become slaves in that place. They would become slaves in Egypt to Pharaoh. 
and that God would raise up Moses and he would deliver the Israelites from the, the from slavery and from, from the, the brutality of being under the rulership of Pharaoh and miraculously through the Red Sea would deliver them. He would provide for them in the desert that uh, that there would be this this promised land that he would lead them into and how God would drive out their enemies and he would make that way possible. Joshua runs through all of these things and he gives this high-level overview. But what he does is he reminds the people of what God has done. See, good fathers remind their children about the faithfulness of God. He, good fathers remind their children about the faithfulness of God. When I was a kid, we used to do something uh, when we when we would go on vacation, we take photos before digital cameras came about. Uh, those photos, those that film, we would go and have it processed. And sometimes what we would do is we would have slides made out of it. Some of you will remember this. Uh, for some of you, you're going, I have no idea what you're talking about. So so check it out. Look it up on YouTube. You can find about slideshows. But we would have these little slides, and you would put them in the carousel, and we'd be hanging out at someone's house or after their 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 trip, and and we'd say, hey, we want to see the pictures and from your trip. And so we would do a slideshow, and we'd put that carousel and hang a sheet up on the wall, and uh, and everyone would sit around, and then one by one, you probably like imagine the sound that we'd make with that ka-chunk, ka-chunk, and then the new slide would pop up, and the picture would be big up, you know, big huge on the wall, and someone would explain what was happening. And of course, there was always that slide that was upside down, and everyone would get a laugh out of that. But but that's how I remember when I was a kid that. We would remember things that happened. Now, of course, we take photos and we have digital photo albums and we have things posted online or maybe you have photo albums in your house that you like to look through. We take those pictures, uh, whether it's on a vacation or special occasions or holidays, Christmas or Easter or Fourth of July or a graduation or a wedding or the birth of a child or whatever, whatever that would be. We capture those pictures so that we can go back and we can remember those moments, that we can celebrate and go, wow, do you remember that was so incredible? We hang those pictures up maybe around our house and we'll revisit them and we'll reminisce and recall the good memories and and, and have a laugh. Well, that's what God invites us to do, that he invites us to look back over the course of our lives and maybe not looking at photos, though those might come into play sometimes but recalling and remembering the faithfulness of God. See, because the enemy, his goal is to to make us think that God doesn't care, that he's not present, that he's not a provider and a protector, that he's not on our side, that that he's against us, not for us. But when we remember the faithfulness of God, when we recall his faithfulness, that we, we would picture in our mind's eye, I remember these times, In fact, God says to the Israelites in Deuteronomy, he says, hey, when you sit with your children, tell them about the things that I've done. Recall those things because you'll forget. But remember that I am a faithful God. And so here Joshua, at the end of his life, he's reminding them of all of the things that God has done for them. See, as a father, one of the things that we have to do is we have to remind people about God's faithfulness. Well, he goes on after he gives this overview of the faithfulness of God and what God has done. He goes into these next couple of verses that I want to read for us. Uh, Again, the words will be on the screen. Here's what he says in verses 14 and 15 of Joshua 24. He says, now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. 
Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and, and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But for as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. So there's two things that happen here. The first is this, and every father will encounter this at some point in their life. He has to release them to choose. He releases them to choose for themselves. He tells them, hey, remember what God has said, and look at what God has done. And now, in that, presented with these, these truths, you have an opportunity in the land that you're living that you can choose to serve God or you can choose to serve the gods that are present in this land or the, the gods that your forefathers served in another country, in another land, but you need to choose. You've seen the faithfulness of God, but you need to choose. One of the hardest things to do as a parent and as a father is, to, is that transition when your kids move into adulthood and they start making those decisions for themselves. In fact, in my life right now, that's part of my reality is that my children are in their early 20s and, and their late teens and they're in college, graduated college, graduating high school. We have one left in high school who's got one year to go. And, and so we've shifted from being in that place where we make decisions for them. And when they're little, we make every decision for them. When they'll get up, when they'll go to bed, what they'll eat, what they'll wear. And little by little, kids start making more decisions for themselves. Up until that point where they're released and the majority of their decisions and then eventually all of the decisions that they make are theirs to make. When whether that has to do with faith or family or vocation, recreation, whatever that is, that we as parents go, Lord, we pray and we hope that what's been instilled in our kids will give them a solid foundation to make the decisions that they need to make as they walk with you. As we remind our kids, this is what God says, this is what he does, and now we release you to choose. But we do that not just with our biological children again. We do that with people who come into our lives in those different seasons. Those people that would say, I want you to speak into me and mentor me or, or help, help, help give wisdom in my life. And so we can, we can share, we can invest, we can pour into, but there's always that point where you go, okay, now you need to choose. With Joshua, it's not a passive act, though. He doesn't just say, okay, well, just whatever you want, whatever kind of works for you. But he's, he, he makes it very clear. He challenges them in that choice and says, here's who God is, and here's the alternatives. God is faithful. These things are not. Now, you do need to choose. You need to choose where you will land in that. But you need to choose. You know, the prodigal son, the story that Jesus shares in the New Testament, is one that my heart struggles with. Because you have this young man, this boy, this, the, this, this young adult who comes to his father and says, God, Father, give me my share of the inheritance. And so the father does. And, and of course, the son leaves and he goes and he squanders what the father has worked for and has invested and given to his son the father lets him go the father makes a decision and says he chooses to let him go and make his own choices to live that life 
But you know what's amazing in that story is this as well, that the father is also looking down the road waiting for the son to return with wide open arms. And I've shared about this before. I love that when the prodigal son returns, the father embraces him and doesn't lecture him. He just loves him. He doesn't lecture him. He just loves him. And he opens his arms and he welcomes him back. And that's a picture of what has been deposited early on will not return void. That those things will, will, will be something that, that, the, that young man, that those who go wayward will return to that deposit that has been made. And I believe some, someone today needs to hear that encouragement. Maybe you have a child who, uh, who has walked away from the Lord. Or maybe is not even in relationship with you at this point. And you're praying and your heart is aching over that. But I would encourage you, keep praying. Keep praying. Keep looking down the road. And start practicing your hugs. So that you can welcome that lost child back when they turn. God is faithful. He is faithful. And so we, we need to be ready to receive and welcome and love in that same way. So, Father, I pray for whoever that might be today. I pray that you give them the right prayers to pray, the, the right heart for their children, Lord. We pray that the, the plans of the enemy would fail, Lord, the plans to destroy, the, the plans to, to uh, derail, Father God. And I pray that you would restore those relationships in Jesus' name. Amen. So Joshua, what he does is he says, here's what God has said, and here's what God has done. And then he says, hey, now you need to choose. I'm releasing you to choose. But then the final part is this, is that Joshua models the right behavior. Joshua models the right way. He says at the, right at the end of, of chapter 24, he says, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Now remember, this is at the end of Joshua's life. It's not aspirational. It's not early on where he's going, hey, I'm hoping that this is the thing, that, that this is the result of my fathering. And he says, no, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And he's talking about the generations that will come after him because of the faithful investment he has made into his family. The investment to point to the, to the Lord, to remember what God has done, to trust the faithfulness of God. And he can say with confidence in that moment, as for me and my household, for the generations that will come after me, we will serve the Lord. See, Joshua is one who led by example. He wasn't all talk. He was about action. He was about living it out, that he was a righteous man before the Lord. And that he was confronted with frustration in leading the children of Israel, and, and probably with his own family as well, because that's part of parenting, is part of being a dad. There's high moments, and then there's frustrating moments. There's moments where, where you're kept up at night, you're concerned, there's arguments, there's all kinds of things that come into play when we're parenting. But at the end of the day, Joshua lived a life that set an example for the people. And that God calls us to do the same thing, that we would model the right way. Again, for, the, for our own children, for our own families, but also beyond that, within the family of God, that we would say, this is the right way to live. I love this, uh, this saying, we've maybe heard this before, that more is caught than is taught. That more is caught than is taught. If you've raised little ones, you know this. They are watching you. They are watching everything you do. They are watching the way you live your life. 
And so it's easy to say, well, this is what you should do, and to say, say those things with words. But ultimately, it's how we live our lives. Pastor Wayne Cadero, a Fortsware pastor in Hawaii, he said this. He says, we can teach what we know, but we ultim- ultimately reproduce what we are. We can teach what we know, but we ultimately reproduce what we are. And I love that there's such wisdom in that. How we live our lives speaks louder than anything. And so when it comes to reflecting the Father heart of God, it's about how we live our lives. It's about that character that is formed in us. And that we would say, God, would you, would you shape me? Would you transform my life? So that those who are watching, those who are observing my life, would see a reflection of Jesus, would see the heart of God, the, the fruit of the Spirit produced in my life, so much so that they would go, I want to be like that. I want to live that way. You know, some of you might be hearing that today and saying, you know what, I've not done a great job. I've not done a great job. And honestly, I can look at my life and my, my parenting, my, my role as a dad, and I, can, I could go back to all the places where I'm like, man, I blew it. I blew it. But you might be saying right now, I didn't do a great job. And my kids have grown. My kids have moved on. And, and you know, I missed that opportunity. But I would, I would say to you today, from the heart of God, that it's never too late. That it's never too late. I love this phrase. It says that the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time is today. The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. But the next best time is today. See, we, we serve a God, we serve a heavenly Father who is in the business of restoring. And so even if there's those places where we've missed it, where we've blown it, where we've made mistakes, and, and that's all of us, let's just be honest, that's all of us, that God says, but I can redeem and I can restore and I can fix those places. See, because our heavenly Father wants to invest and pour into our lives and bring protection and correction and care And so we would turn to him and receive those things. So it's never too late. It's never too late to allow God to bring transformation and for the example of our lives to influence and impact our families and beyond. So I'm thankful for our dads. I'm thankful for you. But I'm also, as we close today, I'm so thankful that God calls every one of us, that he calls every one of his sons and daughters to reflect his heart, the father heart of God, that those characteristics about who our father is, our heavenly father is, that every one of us has the opportunity to share that with the people around us, beginning in our homes. But beyond that, that we get to bring that love, that care, that protection, and say this is who God is. This is how he he sees you. This is how he feels about you. That we would, in our spheres of influence, again, starting at home, but moving beyond that, even in our church family and in the community, say, hey, this is what God says. And this is what God has done. And then even gently, but clearly saying, hey, you have to choose. That God is calling us into a relationship with him. Will you serve him? He's asking for your life. He's asking for you to surrender to him, to be your Lord. We have to choose. There's that part that we let go and say, make that choice. And then we would continue to model a right way of living so that the world who is watching, the people around us, our children, our extended family and the world would see Jesus reflected in us. Let's 
reflect the heart of God to the world. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that you give us the opportunity to walk with you in such a way that, that the Father's heart would be reflected in our lives. God, I ask that you would give us the wisdom and the strength and the patience and the kindness, Lord, and all of the things, all the fruit of the Spirit that are necessary, Lord, to, to bless those around us. Lord, even thinking about those, those elements, about all of those fruit, all of those, those spiritual things that are produced in our lives become nourishment and encouragement to those around us. Cause us to live that way. Cause us to be a reflection of your heart in the world. To be a father to the fatherless. To bring hope. To speak life in every way that we can. Lord, I pray a blessing upon dads and, and grandpas today. I pray that you would just watch over them. Anoint them, Lord, for the work that you've set ahead of them, Father God. Give them rest. and We celebrate and honor them today in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you. Pray you have an amazing rest of your day, and we look forward to seeing you next time.